1: geico presents sharing versus oversharing yesterday cliff sora shared a top 10 list of hot fusion restaurants a vegan gluten-free mashup recipe and a
0: podcast featuring organic food
1: trends oh tmi i too much internet information that's oversharing cliff geico has something worth sharing with your friends like how on geico.com you could save hundreds on your car insurance update your policy and report a claim gluten-free info that's easy to swallow mm. geico 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more on car
2: insurance Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code RotoWire when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It is Thursday, November 12th, 2015. Clay Link, alongside Jake Latarski, give Jake a follow on Twitter at JakeSki52. I'm at Clay W Link. This pod is available on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd really appreciate it if you could take the time to leave us a nice review. Uh, week 10 buys just for bookkeeping, Atlanta. Uh, Indianapolis San Diego and San Francisco uh, and with you know Andrew Luck out two to six weeks it sounds like the, the rehab timetable may be trending towards the the back end of that timetable too uh, Philip Rivers Matt Ryan all on by a lot of people scrambling for QB help yeah,
1: definitely looking across the board for any kind of quarterback help, and it's honestly slim pickings if you haven't gotten to guys like Derek Carr and Jameis Winston already. Mm-hmm. I saw some availability on those guys. Uh, Winston obviously quite a bit better. You might have a one third of a chance of picking up Carr, but a lot of QB controversy. But the ensuing results give you guys like you know McCown, Manziel, or Blaine Gabbert, or Gabbard whoever the Colts knows. if they use Hasselback right away. So it, it's really tough picking up quarterbacks. Hopefully, we can help identify some with uh with some upside this week
2: maybe a guy who was dropped when he was either hurt with the knee injury or maybe uh, with the bye. is the guy who's playing tonight Tyrod Taylor Mm -hmm. uh excellent last week but only attempted 12 passes very efficient 11 completions I think 181 yards and a score that that score coming on a really beautiful pass to to Sammy Watkins uh and tonight he gets a, a Jets secondary that aside from Darrell Revis pretty banged up right now Mm kind of like his chances especially because I don't really think the bills are going to have a ton of success on the ground is he kind of one of the the top fill-in options you think this week I think he could be a decent fill-in option if you're if you're going to go ahead and
1: and ready to put that much stake in the early Thursday game again you know you think of the Jets Mm pass defense mostly because of Darrell Revis. But uh, now that he has Sammy Watkins back, that really helps his value quite a bit. And, of course, Tyrod Taylor is always a quarterback that can hurt you on his feet, and that is so huge in fantasy if you can get any kind of rushing touchdowns. Last week, even though he only attempted 12 passes, he ran 10 times for 44 yards, and he does have two rushing touchdowns on the season there. So you've got to like what Tyrod Taylor can bring from a fantasy perspective. I know he was a lot of early season owner replacements for guys like Romo, and he could very well be out there on the waiver wire still.
2: Yeah, at least 40 yards rushing in four of his six games this season. So, yeah, you get those that extra four points from your quarterback, you know, that you can kind of bank on. I mean, there were a couple that he, you know, only had 12 and 15 respectively, but uh, he was kind of banged up around that time. And I think this is a pretty pretty decent matchup for him. i got to make a decision in my two-quarterback league whether to roll with him or a guy like Brian Hoyer. I just hate the matchup for Hoyer on the road. In Cincinnati, and you make the point, you know, Hoyer, of course, has Hopkins, but now that Tyrod Taylor has Sammy Watkins, I think he's uh, going to be a lot better off. But with Watkins, I mentioned the secondary is banged up. Are you, are you a little hesitant? Uh I think you're probably going to use him after that huge game, but a little hesitant given that he's probably going to see a ton of Revis.
1: Yeah, I, got, I actually got really burned in uh, in our league there uh, by not starting Watkins last week. Yeah. I saw he was going to play, and I was like, ooh, it's going to be close. So I think I still squeaked out a win using the likes of Rashard Matthews and Malcolm Floyd, who I both elected over Watkins last week. I kind of was waiting for a show-me game, and guess what? I got it.
2: <laughs> so, uh,
1: yeah, there will be a tough matchup against Revis, but I think they find a way to get him to the ball a couple times, especially in the red zone when possible, whether It's a pick play or maybe a fade. I know Revis will defend those pretty well, but he should get his opportunities. And he is far and away the best wide receiving option anywhere, and should get the most targets on that Bills team.
2: Yeah, I'm expecting that. And and Deshaun McCoy probable again. I don't expect him to have a ton of success on the ground, but you got McCoy and Williams. Should there be some room to work in the in the passing game in the secondary? Mm -hmm. I think they should be uh, pretty well off. As far as the Jets go. I mean I think you're starting Chris Ivory, Brandon Marshall, anybody else on this team we're starting?
1: Yeah, you'd have to really stretch to want to use a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick who is listed as probable for the game. So it looks like he's going to play, probably going to start over Geno Smith, but that thumb issue is a little bit nagging for me. I don't know, Fitzpatrick's actually been a model of nearly a model of consistency. He's thrown exactly two touchdown passes in every game except for two this season. And, and he's usually, well, the Oakland one week eight, you can hardly count. Cause I believe he got hurt in that game. But if you throw that one out, yeah, he's thrown at least a touchdown pass in every game this season, two in every game except one, and he's got over 200 yards in all of those games except week one. So he's got a I'd say, even with the injury, there's a pretty high floor there, but I wouldn't look to him, especially on a short week against the Bills. I wouldn't look to him outside of two quarterback formats.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. We'll move on here to Sunday's games. Packers, of course, coming off two straight losses, and those both off the bye, which is, you know, Hard to see as Packers fans, you and I, but we get a real slump buster this week in the Lions mm-hmm. uh, coming into town. Packers favored by 13 over under 47 and a half. Big news out of Green Bay this week is that uh, the, the change is made official. It was kind of trending this way in recent weeks, but Mike McCarthy officially announced that James, Starter is the, James Starks is the lead back now over Eddie Lacy, who's dealing with a groin injury. Some you know chirps about him being overweight. He does kind of look a little overweight, but he's always kind of... And hefty looking like that, a big bruising back. You expecting Starks and Lacey to still kind of share their load, or do you really think that it's uh, Starks who's going to handle – maybe 60 to 70% of the the work on the ground.
1: I mean, I really think it depends on Lacy's groin injury and how badly that's affecting him because, of course, this is a type of back that uh, comes on stronger over the end of the season. And I know we've been saying this and saying this, but it hasn't quite happened yet. But this is a a back that if the Packers plan on making a serious run in January in the playoffs, they're going to need to have Lacy healthy. Mm -hmm. So I think given his health, they'll give him some carries. I almost like that they're using Starks a little bit more early on just to kind of relieve some of that workload because it is a punishing running style that Eddie Lacy brings and you know we're we're sitting at what his third fourth year in the league and uh, and you know maybe some of that's starting to take a little bit of a toll on him but I mean he's been there's been questions about his weight ever since he came into training camp his rookie year I just think that body type suits well to his running style and hopefully helps him absorb a little bit more of the blows and I mean I wouldn't panic too much on Eddie Lacy just yet. Bench him, maybe. Definitely don't drop him. Someone asked me on on Twitter if they should drop Lacy for Antonio Andrews. A, a very shallow league, but even with Andrews being a, uh, the lead back there in Tennessee, I couldn't I couldn't in good conscience advise that person to pull the trigger. That's something that I personally would not do.
2: Yeah, I guess it kind of depends on where you're at. You know, if you're in a real rough spot, if you're absolutely desperate in a in a shallower league, then I could maybe see it. But yeah, I would advise against it just because. You know, I, I'm not completely willing to write off Eddie Lacey yet. He was great for several years in the league, uh, and I really do think as the weather turns, uh, it's been lo- it's been turning later than usual up here in the north this season. But I think they're they're going to rely on. Lacey more down the stretch to really wear down the defensive line and open things up for the, the rest of the yeah.
1: offense. Especially but. when Aaron Rodgers likes to go up tempo, yeah. you know, trying to tackle Eddie Lacey uh, when you're short of breath and, and you know, if the conditioning's not there or whatever, but, uh, or if you've been worn down already by a 6 7 play drive, I think that's when Lacey's at his finest and there'll be plenty of room to capitalize.
2: Jeff Erickson, our own Jeff Erickson, has James Starks as the 17th ranked running back this week. I mean, love the matchup. I would find you know unless you're absolutely stacked at running back or have a great flex option, I'd really try hard to to find a, a spot for him in my starting lineup.
1: Yeah, I, I would say so. If, if Starks is on your roster at this point, uh, given the news and given the matchup, uh, you you have to give that a go.
2: Calvin Johnson limited on Wednesday. Seems like you know veteran management of his injury. Nothing mm-hmm. too concerning at all here. But uh, you know, thinking more long term, do, do you think Calvin Johnson? This is his final season with the Lions. Because cause I really think that for that organization that has already started to blow things up, uh, that window has slammed shut, and I think it'd probably be best for that organization to move him.
1: Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what the exact cap hit number is, um, but uh, I think that he could do well with a change of scenery. I mean, the mm-hmm. production slowed down just a little bit this year, and... And that's uh, you know been difficult. He still had his fair share of good fantasy games, and you know ranking him for next year, I guess, uh, to put him in comfortably in the top ten wide receiver category, it'll very much depend on the, on a new destination yeah. and and the quarterback as well, because Stafford in the grand scheme of things, is pretty average when it comes to NFL quarterbacks. And if he gets put in a more favorable situation, he still has the physical tools. He just needs a coach and an organization that can manage his workload as well as make sure to find plays to get him the ball. Mm -hmm. And I, I've got faith in that, and and just someone with the pure athleticism that Calvin Johnson has, I would be far from calling him out just yet.
2: Yeah, I, I think maybe his skills have started to decline a little bit, but this isn't an Andre Johnson type situation where he's he's just cooked. I think this is more like you know Randy Moss when he went to the Patriots, something like that. Like if he goes mm-hmm. to a really awesome team, you talk about a, a really big resurgence. Yeah, you're right. He has been. Uh, had his fair share of, of decent fantasy days this uh, this season. I think he, he's, he's a great bet against the Packers. Always seems to uh, hurt us pretty bad, but I think uh, there's a chance next year if he gets more consistent quarterback play and is is the guy on a, on a high powered offense, uh, we could see him return to the you know top three wide receiver type of status. Cowboys at Buccaneers. Buccaneers favored uh, by a point at home over under forty three. Cowboys waiting one more week before Tony Romo returns uh really relying heavily on Darren McFadden who I'm surprised to see is you know running pretty well I mean he he's behind a good offensive line but uh he's getting a ton of carries and, and really doing a pretty good job with at least making the, the Cowboys offense uh roll and, and and move the chains but uh do you think now is the time to sell on him because of course the the durability concerns and just the fact that uh, when Romo's back, they'll probably be passing it a lot more.
1: Yeah, they'll be a lot more comfortable passing once Romo's under center there, and yeah, not, not only you know McFadden might take a little bit of a hit there. I'm excited to have Des Bryant step it up even more, yeah. even with Castle, uh, you know, throwing the ball over there. Des still managed five catches uh, on eight targets for 104 yards and a touchdown. Just a, uh, there was basically a chuck a hail mary that he came down with. Phenomenal athletic ability. I think Des. Who will be kind of fresh after missing all that time? He'll be good to go rest of season. Quick note on Des though uh, is dealing with knee slash foot injuries. Limited participant Thursday after a DNP Wednesday. Fifty uh, fifty status, I, I guess right now. But I, I'd be confident in him playing.
2: Yeah, I, I feel good about Des, so, and you know there may be some concerns early. You know, the first couple games back that uh, you know maybe not quite a hundred percent just yet. But I think. Given what we saw last week and the fact that there have been no reported setbacks, I feel very confident in his ability down the stretch uh, to be a top-five wide receiver type of guy. uh, Starting Doug Martin, Mike Evans. You said maybe Jameis Winston as a fill-in QB this week. Uh, Anybody else from Tampa Bay that that you like at all on this side? Nobody
1: I'm really going out of my way for. I think uh, I might look to start Charles Sims in my 14-teamer just because, uh, I mean, my back's in that league. What, I'm working with C.J. Spiller, Rashard Jennings, uh, Charles Sims. I, you know, i got to let Joseph Randall go. It was, it was a rough league that I pretty much punted backs on. And, unfortunately, it's not a fab league, so I didn't have the uh, opportunity to empty out on any of those big guys. But, hell, even if I would have, I'd probably have to dump money on Matt Jones like I did in other leagues. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, whoever has D'Angelo Williams obviously in a good spot there. Um, but, yeah, I mean – I could see a Winston-Evans tournament combo. That wouldn't be too bad for you. Winston's been a surprisingly good fantasy quarterback over the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And, and the Cowboys' defense, although seemingly improved, they've they've shown some holes over the season. And, yeah. and I think Winston has enough weapons to really make something happen there.
2: Yeah, and a wide receiver for Tampa. I mean, Vincent Jackson looking like he's going to be out again, unable to practice Thursday. But really, nobody else in that passing game I want to target. I mean, Charles Sims sees a fair number of looks out of the backfield, but uh, those targets are so concentrated to Mike Evans.
1: Mm -hmm. And also hoping, really, uh, that Austin Safarian Jenkins can finally get unleashed and get it going this week. I think it's just a matter of time before we see him back into week one type form because he was one of Winston's favorite targets early in the season. and, And once he's ready to go, I'm sure they won't hesitate to use him
2: panthers at titans panthers five and a half point favorites on the road and this one over under 44 jonathan stewart limited in practice this week i'm not really particularly worried but do you think maybe mike tolbert or somebody like this or maybe cam newton uh carries the ball uh more this week i mean i don't
1: know for me if uh if stewart somehow uh isn't able to play for whatever reason. I'm not necessarily sure that Tolbert is a better play. I think they're going to look to use Fozzie Whitaker more often, and Tolbert's role wouldn't really change a ton. So it's worth watching the injury report. I think if uh, Stewart doesn't um, doesn't play for whatever reason, if he suffers a setback or the injury more concerning than we originally thought Whitaker might even be a decent play in daily you're going to find him at bottom barrel price he could be a good plug-in and play and the Panthers run the ball more than any other team in the National Football League so there will at least be plenty of opportunities there but I, right now I'd say Stewart probably on the upper side of 50-50 if he plays through that I think you got to go with him this week
2: and on the Titans side Marcus Mariota huge line last week. Uh, A little misleading if you just look at the stats because he had that one throw that should have been picked. It was one of the worst throws, really, I've seen this season. That Delaney Walker one that he came underneath. That That was was a touchdown. But you still got to give it to Mariota. Win healthy this season. He's been a pretty decent fantasy QB. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even at home, though, I think this is a pretty tough matchup. The Panthers really shut Aaron Rodgers down through three quarters, and it was only in that fourth quarter that he really made a, a pretty huge push, but... Uh is, is Mariota kind of a QB fill in that, that you like or is he also kind of a two QB only guy? I mean he
1: could be a safe bet for two fifty to three hundred and two touchdowns just because I anticipate them being behind in the game and having to throw a lot. So there's uh there's something going on there. However, uh one of his top targets, Kendall Wright, uh wasn't seen a practice Thursday dealing with a knee injury and if uh Right status takes another turn for the worse over the course of the week. Do you think maybe it's time we start to see a little bit more Doriel Green-Beckham as a late-season emerger?
2: Maybe. I mean, we saw guys like Devin Funches, Devontae Adams really kind of uh, break out for their first nice big game of the season last week. Maybe it's time for another uh, preseason sleeper uh, favorite for a lot of people and Doriel Green-Beckham start to emerge. I mean, the the talents there, it's just kind of uh, mental makeup you know, off the field issues that have held him back. And maybe it's time for him uh, to, to be, see a pretty big role. But I do like Delaney Walker to, to see mm-hmm. quite a few targets again this week. Uh, we'll move on. Bears at Rams. Rams, seven and a half point favorites over under 42 and a half. Matt Forte, limited still. Jeremy Langford, really excellent game in his stead last week. Uh, what are your expectations for this Bears backfield uh, this week? Is, is Forte, which way do you see him trending?
1: I mean, Forte, when we first heard of this injury, which believed it looks like a sprained MCL, uh, those will vary a little bit, and MCL sprain's a little bit vague, and it's always tough to tell with the Bears and how they report injuries, but at the same time, an MCL sprain is something that should normally require a multi-week absence, and, and I don't have any Uh, guarantee or any sources that say this it's just more or less a gut feeling that they're going to want to hold him out another week it's going to be very tough to trade him now of course after the injury here but uh, someone that they'll potentially be looking to move down the road with the Bears I don't see them really as contenders this year they'd have to have a crazy run so might as well get a guy like Langford that type of experience there and I think Langford as a waiver pickup he's been excellent I mean last week I 72 rushing yards and a touchdown also uh, caught through 70 yards through the air so Langford becomes an excellent play of course his price is going to go up a little bit in daily formats but I think he's still I would say that he's still worth a look given uh the situation well it'll be tough against the Rams yeah, defense this week matchup. yeah you might have to back off a little bit this week but rest of season I'm pretty optimistic
2: yeah I mean really tough matchup but I am confident that the workload will be there if if mm-hmm. Forte indeed sits in while he was officially limited on Thursday, uh, apparently, according to this report from the Chicago Tribune, contained individual work, no contact allowed. So you, you look at limited and you say, oh, maybe he's trending towards playing. I, I would be pretty pretty surprised if he suited up mm-hmm. uh, for Sunday's game. Now, for, for the Rams, of course, Gurley is outstanding. I think in this matchup, mm-hmm. uh, maybe one of the best best matchups he's gonna have all season long so yeah. you throw him in there and mm-hmm. you don't think twice about
1: yeah he's the top running back this week uh and of course you look at the bears matchup there's no doubt about that he's going to be top top price tag in daily formats but i think mm-hmm. in any cash games you almost need him there to as, as a base and a good foundation of your lineup
2: yeah absolutely there's there's not a whole lot i like here one guy i would absolutely advise against using is nick Foles. if you're desperate for a fill-in i mean he's somebody that I'd even dropped in my two-quarterback league. There's just uh, so little you can squeeze out of this guy fantasy-wise. You can't bet on him for more than – Ten to twelve points a week, just because they don't pass it, they don't have to, uh, and that formula is working for the Rams. Over five hundred, I think they uh, continue to do that, and they they handle the Bears team pretty easily.
1: Yeah, Foles just one touchdown in the last three weeks, and he hasn't thrown for over two hundred yards since week one against the Seahawks, yeah. when they obviously needed to there. So seven
2: straight games. Yeah, That's very amazing. very
1: limited opportunities, and rightfully so when you have a guy like Gurley mm-hmm. in your backfield.
2: Saints at Redskins this is a pick em. over under fifty. I would expect the Saints to take care of business here, but they're a completely different team on the road. Redskins. I mean, the defense is, is questionable. And did you did you see any of this game last week? The amount of drops and just boneheaded plays this team was making it was unbelievable uh, against New England. Uh, what, what do you think for the Saints? Do you think Ben Watson is, is uh, going to bounce back and be a big part of this, or do you think the the targets largely concentrated among? Brandon Cooks, Willie Sneed here for, for uh, New Orleans. Well,
1: Willie Sneed uh, looks to be a little bit banged up, actually, so we'll watch him. He was limited Wednesday. We're still waiting on Thursday's injury report, so dealing with a knee injury. Um, it, it's tough to say how much that will affect his playing time, but it is good to see Brandon Cooks finally getting the targets we expected of him. Mm-hmm. And I think guys like Cooks, Watson, Ingram, and maybe even C.J. Spiller are down for big rest of seasons. And the reason I say that is looking at – playoff schedule, fantasy playoffs. The Saints have one of the most favorable fantasy playoff uh, schedules in all of football weeks, 14 through 17. It's Buccaneers, Lions, Jaguars, and then they go to Atlanta. And if Atlanta's your toughest matchup, a lot of teams don't even play week 17. That 14 through 16 playoff schedule is is a, is a really big deal, and that's going to help a lot of Saints guys explode at the end of the year.
2: Yeah, I think now is the perfect time to start gearing up and looking at that, I really do, because mm-hmm. especially if you're in position – 6 and 3 7 and 2 you're in a good spot. Uh maybe you can sacrifice a little bit in the coming weeks to really gear up for the for the mm-hmm. playoffs. Another guy I really like is is TJ Yeldon for the playoffs. I mean, he's got uh well, week 13 at Tennessee then uh, 14 is at home against Indy then at home against Atlanta uh, at New Orleans. So He's another guy that I kind of like and it's just hard to, you know, go through the list and find the, the most favorable Uh, fantasy matchups at each position i mean you can take a look at the the schedule and be like oh yeah i like that that matchup but uh obviously certain certain teams do certain things well and uh other things not so well so Uh, but on the Redskins side anybody you like there is this just kind of a, a fantasy wasteland to avoid altogether
1: Yeah, the running backs are really tough to determine. I I don't have a ton of faith in Kirk Cousins on a week-to-week basis. I mean, you've got Garcon and Jackson, but really the most viable fantasy option on this team, I would have to say, would be Jordan Reed. Uh, Not a huge game last week against the Patriots, but then again, it is the Patriots. Belichick's better than anyone. did have a touchdown. Yeah, well, yeah, he he did have the touchdown, but uh, seven targets was his second lowest Mm. mark of the year when you compare to getting 13 targets against Tampa Bay over the bye. I still think Jordan Reed's a top Tight end, 10 tight end rest of season, and uh, with this matchup against the Saints, it's the perfect week for him to bounce back. Yeah. I'm looking to use him in daily if I can.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think when healthy, he's like a top five tight end, talent-wise. Mm-hmm. The problem with him has just been staying on the field. I really do think he's a nice option. Uh, I had a, a trade offer last week that I took advantage of, but I actually had to think about it a little bit. Jordan Reed for uh, Jordan Matthews. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know buying low on Matthews was something I was interested in doing, and he did have a really nice bounce-back game. Like him more rest of the season, but uh, at tight end, you know, it's so top heavy and there aren't a ton of great options behind Gronk and Kelsey. I was a little bit hesitant, but uh, I think that's the kind of bar you should shoot for if somebody's asking about about Jordan Reed. You should aim pretty high because I think somebody will pay up, mm-hmm. uh, just given how good he is when healthy. And right now, he is healthy. Dolphins at Eagles. Eagles, seven point favorites over under 49. They, they eked, one, eked one out last week against. Against Dallas, that was good to see, uh, and again Jordan Matthews coming on. But do you, do you think this uh, even at home, this this Eagles passing attack may have some? Uh, some troubles against Miami
1: I've still got a lot of faith in Jordan Matthews yeah now he has some tough cornerbacks to go up against this week but uh, Matthews last week showed us what he was all capable of I have a lot more faith in Matthews than I do, than I would a guy like Sam Bradford for example I'm also kind of liking Ertz to come on during these last uh, five six weeks I think he'll finally start getting some of that target volume we've been hoping for but as far as a guy like Bradford goes I do not have enough faith in the Eagles passing attack for such a fast-paced offense they sure do like to run the ball a lot and which mm-hmm. I think is by design in Chip Kelly's scheme. But uh yeah, Bradford I've entrenched permanently on my bench in favor of guys like Derek Carr at this point.
2: Yeah. You know, just getting back to Matthews real quick, there were a lot of issues with drops early on, frustrating a lot of fantasy owners and understandable, mm-hmm. but I think you have to realize is that he actually had I think it was a, a thumb ligament or some sort of ligament issue on one hand that was really kind of tough for him to to actually grab the ball and make make good catches and so you know now that that's healed i really think the targets are going to be there and I, the talents there I don't believe in those drop issues because he never had those in college. So I'm expecting yeah. him to be fine.
1: Yeah, 30 targets in the last three weeks for Matthews, so definitely look out for him uh, moving forward. Now, after Miami, he does have a decent schedule. There's some tough ones in there, but he, he's got Tampa Bay at home, then goes to Detroit, then he's got to you know, go to New England, which will be tough, Buffalo, Arizona, Washington, New York Giants. So there's that's a pretty decent schedule. Anybody playing in that NFC East division there probably has a decent uh, playoff fantasy schedule.
2: Now you do the waiver wire podcast, but you were you were sick earlier this week. You didn't do that, right?
1: Yeah, I felt a little bit ill, but I hey, I wrote the outline for those guys, oh, nice. so they were taking my picks. <laughs> did
2: you throw Did you throw Jay Ajay in there by chance?
1: I actually did not, but uh, you know, thinking about it more, that would have been a very respectable option. I mean, my in top, deeper leagues, I yeah, think. in deeper <laughs> leagues. Of course, my top waiver pick last last week was uh, James Starks. Of course, uh you know, with his availability, given he he needed to be the top guy off the board there, but uh, I could very much see making a case for JJ just because of the way that this uh, Miami Dolphins rushing attack is gone, but at the same time, since the new coach took over here, it seems like Lamar Miller has been the man. Lamar Miller is the number three running back uh, on Jeff Erickson's value meter this week. So big expectations, and rightfully so, especially after that huge week last week. Finally getting to be the Lamar Miller that everyone was hoping for and, 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 he'll potentially be leading that charge. Uh, you, I think you'd almost need an injury from him to seriously consider uh, a, a guy like that. But, I mean, at the same time, if you're a Miller owner, it doesn't hurt to have a handcuff if you do have the free bench space, especially mm-hmm. that insurance heading into the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. And and Jai did look pretty pretty darn good last week. Five carries, just f- uh, 41 yards, mm-hmm. 8.2 per uh, a pop there. And, and Dan Campbell... Kind of suggesting that he's earned more carries you're right about Lamar Miller. He's still the man. Mm-hmm. I don't really see a guy eating too much into him, but uh, when he's rolling like this, I could see, you know, six to eight, maybe just to keep both mm-hmm. guys pretty fresh.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for that running back, that's going to get you five, six points in a fill-in week. I know this isn't as bad of a bye week as the last couple have been, and it's going to start waning a little bit more for the rest of the season there. But if you're, yeah, if you're in a 16 teamer and need a running back uh, to get you a couple points, who knows? I know if this game were in Miami, I think uh, maybe I'd be more inclined to pick the Dolphins to win big and have to rely more on that rushing attack. And then maybe in that situation, they start to preserve Lamar Miller. But yeah, at the same time, I think there's a decent enough floor on a guy like Ajay that can, he, can, he can help you as a fill in in deeper formats, even at a low price tag, though I don't think I put enough trust in him in daily for him to go off.
2: I agree. There daily not so much, but as a handcuff, yeah, and even as you know, fourteen teamer, Mm -hmm. your last bench spot. If you picked up a second kicker to replace Justin Tucker, like I did last week, you just have an extra spot. Why not
1: keeper leagues too? I think he'd be if you can get him if you can sneak him off the waiver wire for like a buck or a zero dollar bid. Who knows what could happen rest of season, and he could be an outside chance at a keeper, especially in those real dynasty formats where maybe you keep six to eight.
2: Fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting. Week 10, DraftKings will be hosting yet another Millionaire Maker event with $1 million going to first place. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOWIRE to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. That's promo code ROTOWIRE for a free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Browns at Steelers. Steelers five-point favorites over under 41.5. Uh, to quote Mike Doria, gong show uh, yep. with McCown and Johnny Manziel here. W- you cover the Browns for the side. What's, what, uh, what do you make of this situation here in Cleveland?
1: Well, every indication from Coach Mike Patton, is that he prefers McCown. McCown is, quote, our starter, and he prefers McCown as long as he is physically capable. And uh, for back-to-back days now, McCown's been practicing on a limited basis. During Penn's press conference Wednesday, he basically said uh, he he truly is day-to-day, and we're going to evaluate him. But whichever one of these guys starting, I'm not super confident in their prospects, especially going on the road in a hostile Pittsburgh crowd. The only real big takeaway from this I have is maybe to target the Steelers' defense, especially if Manziel plays because I would say he's a little bit turnover-prone. And I think that's that's part of the reason why Patton's more inclined to go with McCown in Mm -hmm. the first place. So I think Steelers' defense, which have been... Bottom barrel price most of the year. They haven't done a great job stopping a whole lot of people. Uh, They might be a team to target this year if you're looking to save some money there and spend up elsewhere in your daily formats.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Steelers got really lit up defensively by Oakland last week. But I think Oakland's pretty legit mm-hmm. offensively, especially in that passing attack. I mean, yeah. they didn't do a ton on the ground. I
1: mean, Derek Carr lit up the Jets, too, and yeah, they're exactly. thought of to have a pretty solid defense. So I'm going to throw that out as maybe a little bit of an anomaly. I mean, I know the Steelers don't have the greatest defense, but with what they're up against this week, I think uh, there's some room for profit there in picking them.
2: Yeah, and, you know, maybe they have some success, but I could also see several turnovers for the Browns. Uh, One guy that I I might have to turn to just out of necessity with with, uh, Julio Jones on by this week and and some other uh, wideouts banged up is Travis Benjamin. Mm -hmm. Don't love him, but at least the targets will be there. I'm still trying to make a trade so I don't have to start him, but same time, I think he could do worse as a wide receiver three.
1: Yeah, the best thing about Benjamin is that his value doesn't change a whole lot. It's not necessarily contingent on a quarterback because he's been successful with McCollum this year. He's got plenty of reps under his belt with Manziel, so I think your expectation for him doesn't need to change a whole lot depending on who's under center. On the Steelers' side, a lot of people have asked me about Antonio Brown this week. Is his stock set to plummet again. Well, with Landry Jones under center, it's a lot better of a situation than it is with Mike Vick. Mike Vick didn't even seem to look his way and uh you, you know, not the most accurate arm there. Um not to say Landry Jones is is some sort of precision quarterback, but I think he knows he'll be more inclined to look for brown deep and also uh, you know, with a couple weeks working with the first team offense, I think he's going to do that. Now, they haven't ruled Big Ben out yet, but Come on, let's get real here. Uh, it'll be tough. I know Big Ben's, Ben's a tough guy, but it's going to be incredibly difficult to get through that foot injury and in play just a week afterwards.
2: Yeah, I, I'm with you. And, you know, I do think you have to downgrade, downgrade Antonio Brown a little bit. But I think I still think he's a top ten wideout this week. Jeff mm-hmm. Erickson has him just outside number fourteen among wideouts. Mm-hmm. I respect that, but I still think uh, he's a no brainer. So I mean, after that monster week, and I really think mm-hmm. you know maybe. Maybe Landry Jones looks to Martavis Bryant a little more like he did in that one game, but I really think Brown is is such an elite guy in in space that you know if he gets the ball in a little little uh, in route, he hits that open field like he did last several times last week, uh, he's going to rip off a nice several nice chunks of yardage. Uh, on the other side, though, getting back to Benjamin real quick, Jeff has him forty eighth uh, among wideouts. Some guys ahead of him: Devin Funches, Nate Washington, uh, Michael Floyd, Ted Ginn. I'm with him in that you know in that Browns passing tag. There's just nothing else that you have to stop, so might as well just gear up to stop him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still like Benjamin a little more than Jeff does, though.
1: Yeah, who knows? Maybe Gary Barnage will give you some, and I honestly think the most dangerous receiver and possibly most dangerous man in the open field on that Browns team is Duke Johnson at this mm-hmm. point. They're starting to prove that not every single one of their draft picks is a failure, and, and Duke Johnson's single-handedly doing that.
2: Jaguars at Ravens, Ravens five and a half point favorites over under forty seven and a half. Now I mentioned TJ Yeldon earlier as a guy I like to pick up for the fantasy playoffs like him this week, but not as much as Jeff Erickson does uh, getting back to Jeff's value meter rankings. He's got Yeldon fifth overall mm-hmm. among his running backs. Uh, I get it. The workload should be through the roof, but the the Ravens have been pretty decent in stopping the run uh I don't feel as good about him do you you think he's a must start like Jeff does I think
1: he's a must start absolutely in almost any format but I don't know if he's the fifth best running back this week I don't know if I like him that much too because if you're a top five running back in the week you're almost considering starting these guys in just about any daily format and I'm not necessarily sure about that now the volume is going to be there for Yeldon you can certainly expect 20 to 25 carries but Baltimore number 10 run defense in the league giving up less than a hundred yards per game on the ground. So that maybe makes me a little bit wary there. Uh but nonetheless, if you own him, you're starting him and I plan to do that. I mean, I own Yeldon and Lacey in, in, in one league and uh, it's clear that Yeldon's there and oh, it's okay. a matter of picking finding and scrounging for a second running back.
2: Yeah. Another guy for the Jaguars that uh I like he's been great, consistent throughout the year, Alan Hearns, but uh you know, and he typically misses a lot of practice time, but he's he sat entirely on wednesday and thursday no practice at all uh do you think he ends up missing the game this week
1: yeah it's very tough to call at this point you never know but uh i mean you have to prepare for that possibility Mm -hmm. um you know both him and and marquise lee we have questionable there uh, maybe if Hearns doesn't play, there could be more targets for someone like Julius Thomas. I don't really know, but uh, Hearns dealing with a sprained foot, and that can be a difficult one to come back for. Especially it was in a it, walking boot. Yeah, boot. And, yeah, it was in a walking boot. That can be a difficult one to turn around and immediately come back from uh, at least Marquise Lee's practicing in a limited base. We haven't really seen anything out of him yet this year. He hasn't caught a pass since week three, so maybe not necessarily optimistic on that. But on the Jaguars' offense as a whole, I actually am pretty optimistic on that, especially the rest of the season. Of course, finishing lower in the division in, in recent years has certainly helped with a favorable schedule. And weeks 14 through 17, they got Colts, Falcons, Saints, and Texans. So very optimistic about guys like Blake Bortles, Hearns, especially Allen Robinson rest of season.
2: Yeah, if Hearns sits this week, I mean, it's going to be the Allen Robinson show. It's going to be kind of like uh, Tampa Bay, where it's just all concentrated in on one guy. And I mean, and daily, especially because he hasn't gone off in recent weeks I think Alan Robinson's kind of a must especially if Hearns mm-hmm. uh, sits. yeah exactly and for for Baltimore Crockett Gilmore limited this week a uh, lot of pass catching options on the shelf do you, do you think he's a viable fill-in tight end or maybe even rest of season uh, maybe a top 10 option I could see if
1: you're in a 14 or a 16 team or uh, playing him as your tight end uh, just because I'd imagine the targets are going to be there. We know Dennis Pitt I was never really competing in the first place, but he's season-ending IR, and without Steve Smith, if teams choose, they're going to have to make a choice uh, if they're going to focus in in the passing game at least on Kamar Aiken or Crockett Gilmore. I think Gilmore has reasonable upside. Has shown pretty good athleticism early on and he could be played in, in some formats. Or if you're playing daily and you've spent all your money elsewhere on guys like Gurley or maybe paid up for a Brady-Edelman-type combo and you need a bottom-barrel tight end, I don't think he's the worst choice out there.
2: You know, I just want to throw this out because I just saw this on the site and i didn't uh see it when we got to the to the team but alshon jeffrey tweaked his groin today missed practice uh not not great to see there just wanted to throw that out there uh, mm-hmm. because we did not see that note when we ran past chicago yeah,
1: that's tough because i have i had jeffrey as almost a top 10 player rest of season yeah. with the way that uh, these last couple
2: of weeks have gone certainly one of the top receivers on the board patriots at giants pats eight and a half point favorites over under fifty four and a half, a lot of points expecting this one not really surprised uh, given the two offenses uh stacking either of these teams in dfs maybe yeah expecting I think, the shootout like vegas is
1: yeah you're gonna all of a sudden have to pay up for it but an eli odell beckham type stack is never a bad deal even if you wanted to work reuben randall into there uh, of course everyone remembers or at least it's fresh in their mind that game against the saints and of course. Uh, Playing all your Patriots is a pretty safe bet in cash games. I even kind of like LeGarrette Blunt a lot in this. His price is going to go up after last week's performance, and of course you don't want to chase last week's performance. I always talk about the recency bias kind of affecting people's DFS strategy too much, but I think this is a pretty safe case where it's the second half of the season. There are a couple times early on where Blunt was used sparingly, and he'd probably be a pretty good play in daily this week.
2: Yeah, and what, what do you make of the New England backfield now? I mean, I like Blunt too, but who, who's going to see... Those other carries, is it going to be Bolden or is it going to be White? Because, I mean, Bolden looked pretty good last week, but uh, I think White was inactive, was he not? Oh, my, I, I, believe I,
1: he was. I believe. I don't know if White was uh, involved a little bit. Maybe I'm remembering that incorrectly there. But, uh, I mean, yeah, White and Bolden are both ownable in a deeper format, but it's going to be so hard to predict on a week-to-week basis. You're really rolling the dice if you're trying to start any of them. Uh, either week there. So I'm trying to look. Yeah, yeah you're, you know, you're right. I, he, I don't see any stats for White Healthy in scratch, week nine. You know. Healthy scratch, of course. Uh, so, ouch, yeah, especially after after the week before in week eight when, uh, well, he wasn't really a factor then he either, only carried the ball three times for three yards, uh, zero targets in the passing game. The week before he was targeted five times. So Yeah, I guess maybe a slight edge to Bolden just based on that use, but neither of these guys, especially in a Belichick offense, are going to get consistent enough touches to warrant a whole lot of fantasy consideration.
2: Yeah, it seems like all speculation. When you're speculating on the Patriots' backfield, you're you're playing with fire. You're getting burned, for sure. ESPN's Mike Reese saying that that James White is the top candidate to see his role uh, expand, specifically in, in a passing back role, but... Yeah, I mean, what exactly that means is very
1: tough to determine. If it means maybe one, two extra targets a game, and is Mm -hmm. that really enough to pull you into fantasy consideration?
2: Yeah, it's very tough. And uh, you know, for New England, guy like Brandon LaFell is really kind of coming on. Mm -hmm. I think he's seeing—he's really seen more targets than Gronk, if I'm not mistaken, over the past couple weeks. Like him, but he's another guy that's just so hard to trust because you don't know. Uh, They have so many options; they can spread around. You just hard to pick and choose your weeks with a guy like that
1: yeah I'll be uh I'm gonna start him he's almost in wide receiver two territory at this point he's got fresh legs uh well he's wide receiver two in a league where he needs to be a wide receiver two R.I.P. Keenan Allen but uh but i was very surprised with his performance last week i started him without having high expectations ended up with five or six catches for 90 something yards yeah. and i mean that's in a ppr league that's a 15 point day couldn't really ask for more from a plug in like that and i'm now i've got my fingers crossed that he can carry me with more performances like that
2: yeah and i think i think brady likes him i mean he's obviously brady seems to like everybody on his team which is you know obvious but he had that one play where he was getting hit, throws it deep and he underthrew it because he was getting hit in the foul, uh, made the catch, had a nice little juke. I just think he's, you know, gaining that trust back with Brady and uh mm-hmm. clearly taking on a pretty pretty significant role in that in that offense. Chiefs at Broncos, Broncos five and a half point favorites over under forty one only here. Broncos defense uh love them obviously. Uh, the backfield, though, for Denver, I'm avoiding it until I know more because it seems like C.J. Anderson may have leaped Ronnie Hillman once again, but another situation where, if you're, if you're guessing there, uh, could go either way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think last week Hillman looked to be a little bit banged up, kind of dealing with a thigh injury, only carried the ball seven times for a whopping one yard, no targets in the passing game there for Hillman. I as as a Hillman owner in some places, I'm hoping that's more of a product of injury. And once they get him healthy, we might see closer to a timeshare. But it's also possible, very possible, that CJ Anderson can run away with this. I know in our 10 team league, CJ Anderson was dropped early on. I haven't checked lately, but I should see if he's out there.
2: Yeah, I I should too. Uh, I'll race have to you. do that no. before you get <laughs> to it. You know who I don't feel great about is Jeremy Macklin in this one, just because I uh, keep Talib. And this this Broncos secondary is just so good at shutting these guys down, and I don't, I don't trust Alex Smith. So uh, while he's you know definitely a justifiable wide receiver three, maybe even wide receiver two in, in deeper formats, I just don't feel good about his chances.
1: Yeah, I mean, who else is really there to threaten besides Travis Kelsey? So, yeah. I mean, in, in my 14 team where I'm going to have to play Macklin. I don't really have a choice there. But starting the him and Antonio Brown combo is not giving me the most
2: of faith. Cardinals at Seahawks, Seahawks three-point favorites over under forty four and a half. John Brown limited in practice this week coming off the bye. Hey, we, we both talked on this podcast about Michael Floyd. Even if Brown suits up, I, I'd imagine he uh, could be limited. You know, he, he burned a lot of fantasy owners uh, before the bye when he was active but didn't end up having any catches, so that, that definitely hurt a lot of people even if he is active, I would imagine snaps may be scaled back a little bit. Are you expecting Floyd to, to fill that void?
1: Yeah, I know we're both big fans of Michael Floyd, and he's been really keeping it up on a week-to-week basis. Very impressive, and so much so that his availability has dried up quite a bit. And I was one of those guys who, I drafted him in a 12-teamer early on and was hanging on to it. There were so many times I was tempted to hit the drop button, but we're getting to the point now where uh, I'm going to start him as a wide receiver three, and I'm not really going to look back. Uh, three straight games with a touchdown before the week nine by and and the yardage in those games was 50 59 and 106 uh a combined 20 targets over those three games so he's starting to get more looks he's got a good quarterback throwing him the ball and he's producing right now I think you have to consider starting him if you own him even against the Seahawks team but who knows where Richard Sherman's going to be uh shadowing now I know the Seahawks have switched up his use use a little bit this year and I guess we'll see where it goes
2: yeah I'm with you I think I think that's going to be the case. But for Seattle, this is a tough team to predict fantasy-wise. Of course, Marshawn Lynch, a guy you just plug him in and forget it. But offensively, Tyler Lockett's been seeing his role in the passing game expand a little bit. Uh, I, I feel like in this matchup, though, hard to trust really anybody in this Seattle passing game.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. The Cardinals guy have got their fair share of playmakers in that secondary that are going to make it real tough on any of these receiving options. And Russell Wilson, he'll just kind of, He'll he'll go to who's open and that could be anybody.
2: Yeah, definitely. And actually, now that I'm looking at the target numbers for Lockett, seems like he's playing more snaps. And he had that 79 and a touchdown game a couple of weeks ago, but uh, only four in the team's last game. So, you know, I w- I guess it's more hope and, and dreaming on this guy. I'd love for them to make him more of a, a focal point of this this offense and of the passing game certainly but uh, until those target numbers creep up he hasn't seen more than five targets in in any game this season so uh taking a wait and see I think he should be rostered most deep Mm performance
1: yeah he's definitely rostered in my keeper league otherwise I'd be all over that
2: Monday night Texans at Bengals Bengals 12 point favorites over under 47 I mentioned uh you know there um I was thinking a little bit about using Brian Hoyer in this one but Cincinnati's passing game your passing defense has been pretty good, and on the road, I'm just not expecting much here. Uh, but on the on the Bengals' side, expecting Andy Dalton to have a, a nice fantasy day and uh, really kind of finish the year as a borderline top five type of player.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've heard a lot of – Early on, but some MVP buzz surrounding Dalton, and a lot of that you got to give credit to his weapons. AJ Green, absolutely poised for a a huge game. It'll be tough for Tyler Eifert to follow up those three those three touchdowns last week, but I also still think Eifert might be the second best tight end in the league right now behind uh, Rob Gronkowski, especially when you're looking at rest of season there. So there's a lot to like with this Bengals offense, and when it comes to stacks, I mean, if you're stacking them up against you know, considering them or maybe a Giants or a Patriots stack, you'll at least save a little bit of money with the Bengals, and, and that's always a good thing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think the Bengals, and they're another team that's, you know, fortunately the the passing game, it's pretty well concentrated between A.G. Green, Tyler Eifert. Running game, tough to predict right now. Jeremy Hill's a tough start. I think if you have a guy like even like James Starks, I think I'd rather have, start Starks this week.
1: Yeah, just because of the projected role, I'd go ahead and take Starks. Yeah,
2: he'll should see the goal line work, but uh, really kind of touchdown dependent right now. Well, that'll do it for us. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, b- brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you make your deposit for a free contest entry today. Also, check out ROTOWIRE free for 10 days. by going to rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash P-O-D. The Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast will return on Friday.